Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Welcome to the fourth talk in our preaching series on dangerous prayer drawn from material by Craig Rochelle. Four weeks ago, we began with the appeal to pray with great boldness, to lay aside limitations of our earthly thinkings, and to catch up our heart and our prayer with the dreams of God and his kingdom, to pray boldly. And then we were encouraged to pray the prayer of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. A prayer that gave God permission to speak to us, to to clear away anything that was a barrier between us and him, that we would be abiding with him closely. And then we were commanded to pray a prayer of breaking, that the Lord would work in us in such a way that he would break our hearts with the things that break his own. And today we come to our fourth and final prayer from the words of Isaiah in chapter 6, where Isaiah says, here am I, send me. It's a tremendous prayer of availability. And I hope this morning you're ready, you're available to the things of God. And if maybe you're not quite sure, we're going to look at God's word from Isaiah chapter 6 and consider how God leads Isaiah to that great place of availability. And maybe even think about some detail and shape of what serving and following God actually will look like. And then we're going to pray that God will indeed hear our cry and that we would be available to be sent by him. It's a real privilege to be uh, in the building here this morning. It's just over 30 years since I first dipped in as a visitor. Uh, A friend of mine, Gerard, and I, we used to work up the road and on a Sunday night come here. And we get a hearty welcome, a firm handshake, uh, smiling faces from people like uh, Dave Thomas and Keith Wood and Harry Carpenter, spiritual shoulders on which we stand. And we would come here and we were blessed. The word of God was opened and taught to us. The spirit of God was present and at work. And that still remains the case. There's many a time where we've come as a family here to this building. And it's only just been the first strum of the notes of the worship team. And we've been deeply aware of God's work amongst us here. As we meet as God's people around his word, available to him, he will do and always has done the most wonderful and precious work in any life that would seek him. And as a new Christian, I I learned a scripture, it was from Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, and, and you might know that yourselves. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And that promise of God's word, I've seen and experienced work out as true in my life as a follower of Jesus. As I've lived to seek to live his way, submitting to him, listening to him, walking in his way, then he makes a straight path. You see, by our very nature, our God is a God who calls us to himself and a God who sends us out. He's always been like that. We come to the Lord, we get filled, we get healed, we get sustained, we get inspired. But the Spirit is not a a mean-spirited Spirit. 
He is one who is generous and lavish. God meets with us to bless us, to fill us to overflowing, that we might go in his name and bring his kingdom wherever we would be sent. The goodness of God is that he will take us and he will use us for his glory. So are you available? Are you ready this morning? You might be in your jammers with your favorite beverage on your sofa. Uh, You might have your shoes on ready to go out for a ride or a cycle ride or whatever it might be. But the word of God is calling us this morning to this place with Isaiah to say, here am I, Lord. Send me. But you might say, well, actually, David, I've got some important things on this week. You know, I've got an important meeting to go to. Or I've got a really important coffee to have with my friend. And I've got such an important haircut. I'm important. You know, I might have 17 minutes between 1.15 and 1.32 in about two weeks' time. Just if the Lord can't find anyone else. I've just got such an important diary. Or you might be thinking, well, actually, I don't really think God will want me. When I was in school, I was always the last on the wall to be chosen to play the sports teams. I've never quite got it right with my academic studies. I sometimes stumble over my words and I feel awkward. I've never been brilliant at relationships. I never just seem to to get it quite right. I don't think the Lord would want me. But I know this morning that God's word is speaking to all of us who is hearing it. With God, our God, the living God, he's a God of new beginnings. With him, the old is gone and the new has come. Would you hear God calling you this morning? He loves you. He died for you. And he has a good purpose and plan for you. Let's look how in God's kindness he worked in Isaiah's life to lead him to this great prayer of availability Our text is Isaiah 6, verses 1 to 8. And Isaiah was prophesying from about 740 to 690 BC. Uh, The nation of Israel was in a very rebellious state at that time. They were trusting more in other nations. They were trusting more in the gods of the people who'd been in that land beforehand. And yet God chooses this man to come and speak for him. So Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? 
and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. In these opening verses, Isaiah is blessed to see the glory of God, our wonderful God, a glorious display of his creative and majestic radiance. I love the creative way that these seraphims were made by God. They've got six wings. Two are covering their eyes, two are covering their feet, and two are flying. And I'm really not good at coordination. Even Irene's best skills wouldn't get me dancing this morning. I just don't have those abilities. I can't tap my head and rub my stomach. And yet we see in the seraphim here God's extraordinary creativity and joy. And Isaiah grasps this glory of God's creativity and power. He's aware of the atmosphere that is moved so much by God's glory and majesty around him. Isaiah grasps the goodness of God in a way that is transformational for him. And I pray that you, like me, in your life with God, there have been moments, times, where you too have sensed the glory of heaven here in our walk on earth. That the air and space has been thin. And we have been caught up in the glory of God. Now Isaiah's response to this glory is one of deep, deep conviction. He says, woe to me, I am ruined. In that proximity to God, in our human frailty and and, uh, mortality, Isaiah is deeply humbled and made aware of his own limitations and weaknesses. He calls himself a ruined man. And specifically, we note here that Isaiah identifies that it's the work of his lips that seem to be the most significant conviction he has. What he's said, or perhaps what he's not said. And also, this identification is to do with the nation of which he is a part. A nation which itself had said things which were against the goodness and the work and ways of God. A rebellious house. I don't know about you, but sometimes I I tend to think I have size 12 disease. And what I mean by that is I sometimes put my foot in it. I I maybe come away from a meeting or a conversation and I think, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. There's a moment where you just think, oh, you should have just said quiet at that particular moment. I think for Isaiah and the nation, it was a far greater issue than that. Things that they hadn't declared about God, things they hadn't done under God. Hostility even to the Lord. And it is this deep conviction that goes right to the heart of this man. And perhaps if there's any one of us this morning who know that even today or in the past week we've said something that's been against the things of God or have wounded others, we can come to God humbly, say sorry and receive his forgiveness and a fresh start. Now here we find that Isaiah is not left in this place of ruin. But God chooses by his initiation to send the seraph with a burning hot coal. A coal that comes from the altar. It represents the holiness and purity and majesty and power of God. And this coal touches Isaiah's lips. And there's an explanation that we know what is actually happening here in God's world. He says, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. 
The emphasis of the text here is that the price has been paid. The cost has been covered. The old is gone, Isaiah. I have you now for something new. And this goodness of God is something which is a prefiguring of the work of our Lord Jesus on the cross. There he died once for all. Sins forgiven and a new start, a new personal life, a personal walk with God is the gift to all who will turn to and trust in him. And so this is Isaiah's response to the glory of God, to this deep personal conviction and weakness, to the receiving of God's lavish and undeserved grace for his life. Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Are you in that place this morning? You see, we don't know what Isaiah's tone was. He might have sort of been hiding around the corner at this point and said, uh, here I am, um, send me. Or it might have been a very extrovert, here am I, God, send me. We don't know the tone. We don't need to know. Because what we do know is that it was said with a deeply sincere heart. He meant it. And God knew that. And God took him and used him wonderfully. Now, this isn't always the response of God's people that we find in Scripture. Take Jonah, for example. Chapter 1 and verses 1 to 3, we find this happening. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Sometimes we find this reaction. God says, will you go? And we say, I don't want to go. And this morning, God may call you and speak to you to go for him. It might be that you need to go to London and tell them to turn from ways that are against God to the ways of God. And perhaps you come out of your house this morning and instead of getting on the train to Paddington, you get on the train to Fishguard for the Irish Sea Ferry over to Cork. Um, and maybe the Lord, you might get thrown overboard and a great fish swallow you up and then spew you out on the Thames Estuary to get on with the work God called you to. Or we might be mindful of Moses in Exodus chapter 4. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Now, Moses had in mind his, Aaron, his brother Aaron. We can imagine in the family, you know, Aaron was known as the chatty one. I don't know what you're known like in your family. In uh, different families, you have different descriptions. You might have the sporty one or, or, or the funny one or the quiet one or the clever one or, or the musical one or the moody one. Moses says, send someone else. Now, I must admit, I can identify a little with this because when we first went into lockdown and couldn't meet in the building, uh, Pastor Dominic uh, sent me a message and said, David, will you record a little bit to, we can broadcast to share communion? And I got this message and I went, oh. And I thought, 
ask Catherine. She'll be nearby. Make her a cup of tea. Ask Catherine. She'll do it really well. Or, or, or ask Stephen. Pastor Stephen's great. He's great in front of a camera. Or, or Gareth. Gareth's young. He's clever. He's got a great presence. Just, just call Gareth. Because I was sometimes remember being told, David, you have a great face for radio. And the last thing I wanted to be was on telly. And I sat down and I said, okay, God, what am I to do here? And just you get that voice, don't you? That stirring and that still clear voice of the Lord. And the God said, he asked you, just do it. We find that when God calls us, he does it for a purpose and he does it for good. Isaiah came to that place in his heart, honestly and humbly, and he said, Lord, here am I. Send me. So what about you? Are you in that place? We pray that you are. That this morning we would be in a time and availability to God, that he would take us each as individuals and as his church to do wonderful things for his glory. Or you might say, David, I I can see the logic and I understand where the text has led this morning and that all makes perfect sense. But can you just give me some idea of what the things of God actually might look like? Well, here's a brief handful of suggestions. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, we find the Lord Jesus calling disciples, his first disciples. Let's look at this because this is a, a, a pattern, a paradigm for the church. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So in the most general sense, a follower of the Lord Jesus, we are called to go to bring the kingdom of God by what we say and how we live, wherever we're sent, wherever we may be, in our homes, in our streets, in our workplaces, in our communities. We are given authority by God to resist evil and in Jesus' name that it would be overcome. And we are called to pray for the sick that in his name they would be healed. If somebody is poorly, most people will say, have you been to the doctor? But Christian, we're given that great privilege of God to say to that person, can we pray for healing for you in Jesus' name? So in a general sense, that's the kind of movement of the people of God. And secondly, as I was preparing for today, I I believe that God brought a word to mind, which I'll share, that may connect with somebody uh, watching this. And it's the word medical. And and perhaps today you're being presented with a new opportunity, a a new career field perhaps, or a new position to go into, a a new place to go and serve, somewhere in that medical field. I offer that word uh, in love uh, to whoever would hear it today. And it's something to be prayed about and to be tested against scripture and, and with Christians we know and we trust. But I offer that, that maybe for somebody there is a specific call in that way before you today that God is desiring to use you in that way and thirdly a few months ago uh, Pastor Catherine and Dominic introduced to us the life track Uh, it's on our website go and have a look at it Um, it it reminds me a little bit of the London Underground map with the different tracks that are on there and I suggest there's only one question to bring to that life track uh, diagram and it's simply the prayer what step do I take next Lord What's my next step that you want to lead me 
on in. It's almost a life track uh, diagram to sit down and pray with. And that it would be something tangible that the Lord would use to speak to us, bring to mind something that he is looking for us to step into. And fourthly, just a tremendous promise that when we say we're available to God, actually he is faithful to us in that call. God's work done in God's way will meet with God's provision. A hand on heart, I assure you from my own experience, that is true. God will meet all your needs, whatever he calls you into. And lastly, really, it's just a cautionary note. That we need to be very cautious that if God calls us to do something, that we ignore him or we reject him. In Joshua chapter 24, we find Joshua reflecting on his role and the place of the nation. And he says this. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Following the Lord is wonderful. Being able to get up each morning, morning Lord, I'm here, I know you're here, what's the adventure you've got in store today? It makes life worth living, it gives each day a purpose, whether our lives are smooth and straightforward at the moment or whether they're desperately hard and challenging, to know that we're with the Lord and walking with him is the most joyous thing we can ever experience. Many years ago, we were um, in a church and uh, there was a chap in the congregation there who was grumpy. Now, I know you're going to say to me, David, there's no such thing as a grumpy Christian. You've never met one. Um, uh, But this chap was a bit grumpy, bless him. And uh, I'm driving along the road on my way home towards the end of the day. And you just get a nudge from the Lord, don't you? He brought this chap to mind, go and visit him. And I thought, oh, Lord, I'm tired. I need a cup of tea and a bit of cake and there's nothing urgent. I'll go, I'll go tomorrow. And I'm driving on a little more and, and this is that nudge from the Lord bringing him to my, go visit him. So, okay. So I go down to the roundabout, turn around, come back up and go into his house. And, and he's his usual self when I get there, that the government aren't doing a good job, that they didn't choose the hymns he wanted in church on Sunday. Uh, something's not right down the doctors and the prescription's all funny. His life was always communicated as being um, not half full, but half empty. And I'm listening and I'm trying to encourage where I can. And then he stops and he pauses. And he, he says, this morning, I almost wanted to just give up on life and give up on God. Just feeling totally left alone. And he said, and I prayed to God. I said, God, if you don't give me a sign today, that's it. And then he said to me, and then he sent you. There's nothing special about me. But there's something wonderfully special about our Lord. Who doesn't forget the one for whom everyone that he put breath into is loved by him. And he calls you and me as his children and his people to be available and to go. 
It may be seen by many, it may be seen by none, but it's seen by the Lord. And if we just say, Lord, I'm here, I'm available, send me, then we're caught up in the life and glory of God here on earth that will lead us to glory in heaven. In a moment, we're going to have this time just between us and the Lord. I know we're in different buildings, but that's no limitation on the Holy Spirit. And perhaps you've heard me talking this morning in a way that I know Jesus personally. Well, I do, and maybe you're not in that place yet, but you'd love to be. And so I'm going to pray a prayer that asks Jesus to come to our lives, that we would know him personally, receive his love and forgiveness and his spirit's filling. And then I'm going to pray a prayer of availability to God. And then Odette and our musicians will lead us in, in some song. And I, and I know that during this time, the Spirit will use all of these things together that we might receive from him and also yield ourselves to him. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. And I'm sorry for living life without you and doing things on my own. Thank you that you died on the cross that I can be forgiven and now know you personally. I believe you rose from the dead and are alive forever. So come, Lord, be Lord of my life and fill me with your spirit. Amen. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.